to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Coming to you from pristineauction.com studios with your hosts, Jake Seeley, Chris Meany, and Joe Holka. Welcome, Foot Clan. It is the DFS Footballers DFS what, for the rest of us podcast to get you guys ready for week seven. It was a good week six for me. I don't know about you two guys. We'll talk about that in a second. Although, it didn't have to obviously involve them. The, the show brought to you by Gardner Minshew of Beowulf. Uh, <laughs> look, hey, I didn't have him in my lineup. I destroyed you guys in our contest. How'd you guys do overall? I, mean, my, I won a little bit of money. I, unfortunately, it was one of those. I played too many tournaments. I, I'm like Nando. I play a bunch of tournaments and I should play more cash. Yeah, it was a, it was a good cash game day. I mean, it was great for the Vikings. That's all it was. It was Cousins, Diggs, and Thielen. And, and no, not so much Thielen. 100% ownership of Diggs helped. Yeah, having having that guy against that Eagles secondary certainly paid off. Actually, Joe, before, before while you answer your question, I want you to touch on one thing. Because we haven't done it so far this year. I'm surprised we haven't done this so far. That's on me for not bringing it up. One of the things that you're really good at is game selection. And so when you answer how you did last week, I also want you to bring up just real quick before we dive into week seven for everybody out there, the importance and how to find the best games to make the pe- best potential return. Yeah, absolutely. It ties into kind of my my strategy in general. But uh, before I guess dive into that, I'll say that I was on the other side of that game, had uh, way too much Dalvin Cook, um, decided to <laughs> kind of play the defense doesn't matter uh, thing there and just hope that he would get some passes. And I was just watching uh, him just get taken out uh, just and and not get the touches that we're normally seeing from Dalvin. So that, that was tilting. Uh, actually, it was still pretty live in the, the 1500 uh, just because I pivoted over from Crowder over to Robbie Anderson, which was good. Uh, still in a really good spot in the, the 5K buy-in on DraftKings, which is spanning over five the weeks. stuff we're not the, playing. <laughs> well, just in general, like it kind of ties into what I'm about to get to. But that's a five-week contest. So like uh, basically just trying to stay above uh, the halfway point there. So decent start there. But in general, like I think that when you're cr- trying to look at contests, you really want to focus on smaller fields. That's what I do, number one. But um, more or less trying to get these ones that actually double your money when you cash. I think that's really important. So the 1500 that I talk about a lot, there's only 110 people in it. It does uh, double your money for a min cash, which I think is is super important. And and even if you're not playing those stakes, like still trying to find some of the smaller contests, you can go to the, the DraftKings tab, FanDuel tab, whatever it is, and just target these ones that have under 100 people. And just really starting with that, with those uh, to build up your bankroll, I think is one of the better ways to go if you don't want to just attack cash games as well. And Jake, you know, uh, Pat Mayo, obviously a friend of the show. We've all done some shows with him, the, the PMA experience. He has one of the better contests on DraftKings. A shout out to his, his listeners league i mean there's rake free and you can put in three entries and you know even if you finish inside the top 250 for example like that's winning 50 bucks you know with the score last week of 175 would do it for you just to cash so it's a great contest and yeah shout out pme go check it out yeah so there you go pat's doing us favors over here (laughs) if you go watch the show that we do every single week with the rankings and that's not just be like oh watch the show but he gives out free 20 DK bucks just to put stuff yeah. in the comments every single week. So there you go. Some free money for you out there. Uh, Jay, Joe, I like your back. It's it's really starting to get together back there behind you. Yeah, we're, we're getting close, man. It's uh, I got a couple more uh, helmets back there now. Just picked up a Travis Kelsey and a uh, George Kittle as well. So uh, I guess a, a friend of the footballers uh, for scene auction. Shout out those guys. I've been yeah. kind of going a little bit nuts. Uh, maybe I should calm down a little bit with that. Kind I was of thing. Chris. I was going. looking at a P- Pete Alonzo bat on there. That's what I was actually looking for. But the problem is, is behind me. Like I don't have the like. The, there's too many sectioned off. I can't get a bat across. I'm trying to figure out even if that can do that. What's the what's the Cardinals signature and what's the Saint signature behind you? Yeah, so all the ones, uh, so if anyone's watching this on YouTube, I'll have to get like a widescreen version of this uh, next week. But I have uh, Kamara, David Johnson, and then Zeke at the bottom, and then uh, Kittle and Kelsey at the left side. I got room for one more. So what do you guys think I should get for the last one? Saquon Barkley. I got the Saquon jersey or else. I know, get a helmet. Will Will Fuller. (laughs) Actually, you know what? Yeah, I should have said Gardner Minshew. Yeah. So. don't start <laughs> uh actually no in all seriousness it, how do you not and let's start well actually you know what i want to tie it into it i'm gonna give the cash tease hold on one second everybody straight cash homie and so why where i'm going with this is how many times you mention him joe you should just get leonard fournette and i bring him up also because he's the chalkiest running back 
and for good reason, is this start your lineup with Leonard Fournette in cash and just move on from there? Uncle Lenny, man. They finally got him to 7K on DraftKings. It's week seven. He's been seeing volume like Christian McCaffrey for what, all the entire season? Like, I don't know. He's not going to, it's not going to be efficient. So I, I stream every uh, Sunday as well after kickoff and before kickoff. So start at 1130, but then I go right on after. And the funniest thing in chat on Twitch is just people just like cheering for these like three yard runs from Fournette, like straight into the line <laughs> of scrimmage. I think that, that might be my favorite part of the morning. So yeah. are you doing them? Are you, I mean, I'm assuming you have them in your lineup. Yeah. I mean, I'm projecting him for the most touches on the slate right now, and he's at 7K. It's pretty tough to get away from him, I think. Um, they are uh, on the road, but Cincinnati, a team that you can definitely run on for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think you really have to overcomplicate the Leonard Fournette thing. I think that you can pretty much uh, just lock him in and start there in cash games. If you don't have him, uh, that's pretty aggressive fade, in my opinion. And get his helmet. You need to get his helmet. I mean, he is your boy. Chris is nodding. Yes, he needs his helmet, doesn't he? Especially when he win you, he wins you all the monies this this week right? yeah i would not be upset it, it's it's hard to i mean joe's right it's it would be an aggressive fade it's really hard to get away from this guy the Bengals allowing a league high 185 rushing yards 269 last week 266 the week before that no team has allowed more than 250 and three straight and it may just happen and by the time it's all said and done they'll have more touches than cmc so he's getting a ton of work well, and on top of that, Chris, the biggest thing that we've been talking about with the Bengals is that the backup running backs against them do amazing. There's not like Reckwell Armstead's not involved that much compared to a lot of teams where you would say, you know, 30, 40 percent and you like them both. This is kind of a situation like if they were playing the Bills, you'd be like, hey, I like Devin Singletary. Yay. But this is like Leonard Fournette could easily come out of this game with 30 plus touches. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, he's got 141. He's just, I think, 19 shy of, of McCaffrey and he's catching balls. And that's why Joe's liked him so much. It's why we've all liked him so much. And we haven't understand his price, especially on DraftKings. Four catches, four catches, six, two, four, six. Like that's a pretty solid game log. And he's well on his way to a career high in, in you know, receiving yards and catches. All right. There's so much value in a guy that you just know is not going to get pulled at the goal line. Like you were saying, uh, Jake, I think that that's like something that we still probably can't understate. Like there's not even many spots in the league, even for some of these bell cows where you don't have to just tilt someone else coming in. Like, yeah, exactly. So like, uh, I think you just take advantage of those spots in, in DFS for sure. All right. So let's talk about two quick situations that could come around come Sunday. Let's talk about the gar- the girly situation. If there is no girly, we go back to what we did with last week with Malcolm Brown and Darrell Henderson. But to that point, Joe, if there's no Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown, I'm assuming Daryl Henderson has to just plug him in free square. But if only Gurley is out, do you touch both of them? Either one? What are, what are you looking at for that? Yeah, we're, we're five minutes in. We've already hit the hashtag free square uh, yes. quota, I think. Yes. Um, but no, I, I oh, mean, I wasn't really on Mark. I am sure I wasn't on the Malcolm Brown train last week from, I don't even think since the start of the week, I guess don't play guys that don't catch passes, but yeah, if, if we get, uh, I mean, both of them Henderson, I mean, Henderson, I think if, if he's the only guy that, that makes more of like a chase Edmonds type of play that we talked about as being a guy that you would just lock in if we can kind of, especially uh, against the Falcons. Exactly. Like I like the, the basically the best matchup possible uh, for pass catching running backs. Uh, Gurley's a little bit tougher for me, if he does play, uh, I guess his price is still uh, relatively reasonable, but that one scares me a little bit. But I think that the passing game for the Rams, I'm sure we'll talk about them when we get to the GPP section. Um, that's honestly probably where I'm at right now as far as uh, the Rams uh, offense this week. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't play Gurley in cash regardless. I'll take a shot on him if he plays in a tournament, but and I have no interest in Brown either. I suppose if he doesn't play, I'll go Henderson. You saw what happened when they tried to run the football last week. Goff had a career-low 78 passing yards. Respect to Sam Fran, but I think he just goes back to slinging it. High total game. I'm interested in Goff and the passing weapons, not so much his run game. But Henderson's price on DK35 is is a nice price if Brown and Gurley don't suit up. Yeah, it's hard to ignore that. I mean, it's only 52 on FanDuel. It's, it's, yeah. it's really, it's it's beautiful. It's a free square. As you said, hashtag free square. So here's the <laughs> other one real quick. Not quite. This Is this hashtag half free square? Because the price is a little bit more expensive because he actually gets used, well, more so last year than this year. But against the Bears, if there's no Latavius, I mean, if, I was going to say if there's no Latavius, if there's no Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray is getting the entire workload. Uh, Joe, is this more tournament for you because of the matchup or is this it's still Latavius Murray? We saw enough from him last year where we know he can handle being the feature back. 
Probably, yeah. I, w- I would say that Latavius Murray is, is kind of like my Mark Ingram. He's just a guy that I guess have so many weird biases towards because I don't think he's very good. But yeah, he is very <laughs> capable as a pass catcher. Um, I would prefer a play like that for sure in, in comparison to someone like Malcolm Brown, um, who, I mean, obviously ended up being extremely popular last week. I, I think that was people kind of forcing it a little bit in a, in a week where he didn't have um, a lot of great value. It, it seems like it might be another week like that, to be honest. There's going to be some tight ends that we're going to want to pay up for, which I'm sure we'll get to. Um, and I don't love the cheap wide receivers this week, so we're going to have to figure out. Um, it would be nice if we did get a little bit of running back value to open up, but it seems a little bit early to guess, well, talk about Well, hold on. Let me follow that up, and then I want Chris to at, answer the same follow-up question to you. One of the lineups I did last week included Malcolm Brown, and it didn't hit, but I still cashed even in a tournament and a cash lineup because I went so dang heavy at wide receiver. If we have no Alvin Kamara, if we have no Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley, it it just seems like you put in Daryl Henderson, you put in Latavius Murray and you just destroy everybody else at wide receiver and including tight end too is where you could just get all anybody you want really. Yeah, I mean, I think that like it, for the people that that got in DeAndre Hopkins last week, that was probably what they were thinking, right? Like if you played Malcolm <laughs> Brown, that was the path. Well, DeAndre, DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins this year. Good, good, <laughs> that's what I mean. Good game. Uh, so if you miss on that high price price wide receiver, you're still missing out on the ceiling that you get from some of these other guys. Like that's uh, another fair. slate without Christian McCaffrey, not a fun slate for me to break down just because I guess play that guy every week. But uh, we'll, we'll make it there. We'll, we'll start with Lenny and go from there probably. But yeah, I think that it's totally fine. Uh, I think that the value at running back does look a little bit better this week. I'll admit that. Yeah. You know, to your point, I played Hopkins was able to cash as well, you know, spending down on some guys like, like Brown, I didn't have too much exposure, but when you spend down, it it allows you to do some stuff with your line. I think I even had Everett in a lineup that cashed because, you know, you have digs and he goes off and you're fine. But I, I, my problem with Latavius and I'm glad to hear the Latavius talk because it makes me feel a little bit better that maybe people will pivot off Frank Gore. I know it's Frank Gore and oh, Singletary's back, but they're not going to give him a full workload against Miami. This team is brutal. There are 17 point favorites, Buffalo at home. The defense is going to put them in really good spots to score. I like Allen too. I know we like John Brown, but I think Frank Gore double digit carries in every game, probably going to get that in this one. I'm sure he finds the end zone. Same price, 5,200 compared to 51. Uh, I'd much rather go with Gore. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about a few other options. By the way, uh, the chat that I just did over at The Athletic, everybody's playing seasonal out there because I know there's a lot of people listening for seasonal as well. Uh, the Devin Singletary hype train right now, sell high. Uh, you, Chris, you oh, would be... the roof. It, it's, it's insane, the questions I was getting. Like, Singletary, like... Like, I don't think Joe Mixon's going to be good at this point because his his team is destroying him. But when people are like, should I trade Joe Mixon for Devin Singletary? Or like those kind of conversations, just like, are we really there with Devin Singletary already? It's just, And then the Kenyon Drake potentially being traded real life has got everybody going through the roof for Kenyon Drake, too. So there's your two sell highs in seasonal, by the way, for a little seasonal special for you guys. Speaking of special, I forgot to mention, 10% off the DFS pass if you put in code podcast very simple to remember all right so you mentioned frank gore you guys haven't mentioned one guy yet i want to go back to joe joe's what's another one and i'm hopefully somebody brings him up at this point because if not i'm gonna be angry at you guys there's a couple guys in the mid-range that i think make a decent amount of sense um josh jacobs at no, no, there you go boom right off the top yeah. thank you thank you i think he i mean he's he's underpriced real, i mean for sure i think he's someone that we have seen i'm a little bit baffled by his price on draft you know his price five thousand on DraftKings. are you kidding yeah and that's like one of his highest, he was 4,500 last time we saw him. Hey, yeah. I can cut off hey. Joe. You can't cut off Joe. Oh, no, no. I didn't have a whole lot more else to say besides that he's seen, I mean, back-to-back games, he's averaged 24 total touches. So, I mean, played over 60% of the snaps. I mean, I, I think it's still a, a great spot. I mean, even though uh, Green Bay and whatnot, I think you can still probably, I mean, we can project him for at least, what, th- three, four targets in every game now? Is, is that safe to say? So I think at that well, price. Well, here's the fun. thing, Joe, is you kind of, you didn't say it, but you alluded to it. You said even though it's Green Bay, like people have been saying this, Green Bay is a good matchup for running backs. Everybody's like, well, they haven't, they've only given up one 100-yard rusher, but at the same time, they've given up almost the most touchdowns running the ground. And it's been balanced out against the teams they face where it's been two guys going for 70 and 80 and one going for 60 and 85. So when you have the concentration in Josh Jacobs, which is, of course, the downside is maybe they come out of the bye and they, John Gruden goes back to what he did in weeks one and two and splits it up too much. But if you're going to get 70 percent, 
you could get another hundred yard game against them, Chris. Yeah, you know why they haven't? It's only win one one hundred yard guys because they've been playing duos. I mean, week one was Chicago, right. and we were just exactly. reaching for Montgomery to get some touches, but then Lindsey and Freeman both over a hundred yards. Howard and Sanders both over a hundred yards, and both over one fifty yeah, exactly. actually. So yeah, I'm I'm definitely on board with that call as well. Uh, I think it's a good one. You guys got any more that you're looking at? Well, in terms of just somebody being safe, I think we talk about him all the time. Certainly I do. Chris Carson, uh, it's just he just getting all the touches, even putting That's the ball on the ground. Yeah, it's just uh, another 100-yard game from him, three in a row, 63 carries over that span. You know what Seattle wants to do. They run the football, and, and Russell Wilson continues to be super efficient. But We all just mentioned our three guy. guys. We got Leonard Fournette for Joe, yeah. you with Chris Carson, and you with Josh Jacobs. Those are the ha- those are the helmets we need to get. <laughs> we do, yeah. And Carson keeps fumbling, but like it does, it doesn't seem to matter. He's well, Rashad Penny can't even get on the dang exactly. field. So that's, it doesn't. I mean, we could hope for the talent all we want, but get on the field. Hey, Joe, let me ask you about this, and Chris too. Uh, we haven't mentioned San Francisco. Terrific matchup, mm-hmm. and this is a week where look, I see you shaking your head already, Joe. But but hold on, hold on. You say no chance. Hold on. Tevin Coleman was part of a backfield where multiple times he and that other Defonte Freeman guy both finished as RB1s in the same week under Kyle Shanahan. You, you really shaking your head that much? No, for the price? Yeah, I mean, I think that they're probably okay. I just, I, I much prefer uh, some of the other guys we've talked about in that price range. 5,600 for a guy that's going to touch the ball 15 times. Uh, not for me. They're going to run a ton. It's Washington. I get that. But like, Washington's so bad. Is there an argument even that like, at some point, like Kevin Coleman isn't going to even see that many touches. If they're that far ahead, like you might see Mostar. Um, some other guy. Yeah, we might see Mostart get involved. I, it's a three-headed backfield. No, not that's, for me. Hey, that's why I brought him up. So yeah, you're, yeah. You, tournament. You're I would do. I would do Coleman in tournaments. Maybe just one mm-hmm. or two shares. That's it. But yeah, it's it's because of the crowded backfield. And and Joe's absolutely right. I mean, Mostart has only touched the ball, I think, maybe ten times over the past two weeks. But it's been in situations where San Fran has just been ahead. Their defense is legit. No, I still, and they're going to have a good point. Week. Breed is actually the tournament play because Coleman's inside yeah. the top 10 projected. Breed is way down by Malcolm Brown and Austin Eckler. They're both so, solid. Yeah. I, yeah. Breed has been so there pretty you go. good. Well, I think this, what everybody's scared about with Matt Breed is he's the between the twenties guy. And then, you know, unless he's carrying it in from outside, which he can do and he has done, you're getting hurt there. All right. So let's talk wide receivers. You said tournaments, Joe, are you not going to the Rams in cash? I think that, I mean, if you wanted to jump on Robert Woods, he he would make some sense just because of his price probably. And everyone's just like really down on him. Uh, 5,900 seems like a great price for him over on DraftKings. Um, I, I think Woods, I mean, he's still eighth in the NFL in targets this year. He's, he hasn't caught a touchdown pass. So uh, I think that Woods is someone that would make sense, um, I guess, because of his price. As far as like other kind of cash game options, like are you guys interested in, in Kenny Galladay, even even against Minnesota at 5,800? Uh, I think that he's someone that, uh, for just looking at his weighted opportunity, he's a, a price play that, that stands out to me, at least uh, early in the week. Um, but yeah, I think that there's not as great of like really cheap options this week, at least so far. Um, I'm kind of in between like the Galladay and Mike Williams train uh, for those ones that are kind of in the mid-range, but where are you guys at? Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard for me to get away from that Atlanta and L.A. game on both sides of it. I just feel like there's going to be so many points scored in that game. Rams have a team implied total of 29 and a half. It's a 54-point total. Both defenses look really bad lately. I know they just acquired Jalen Ramsey, but I'm still like, you know, how, how much success is he going to be able to have in this game? You know, he could. <laughs> He's one of the best corners in, in the league, but I still think there's going to be a lot of points. So I, I have no problem actually going back to Cup. I, I don't know if people will – because of last week, they're just off of him. Jake and at the athletic yeah, going to chat on Tuesday. Somebody two. said, what do I do with Cooper cup? And I said, what do you mean? Like he's <laughs> it's the targets and the catches and the yards are still there with just one bad game. So if, if that's the, the mindset, the questions people, are terrific. Yeah. If that's the mindset, then my goodness, like cup, it, it's, it's very interesting. Woods cup and cooks. I think I would go cup cash cooks tournaments, but I, it could be a woods game too. Like Atlanta is just that bad. Well, the uh, projected ownership is actually Cup's still number two, and then Woods is sandwiched in between with Cooks last. So there you go is what yeah. kind of you were saying for tournament-wise. All right, so then where else are you going cash-wise outside of the Rams? Um, what about Golden Tate? Is it too is it too risky? 
Is it too risky to I don't go think... Tate? I, I think it's fine. No Shepard. Yeah. You're going to get Ingram and Barkley back. I think the offense will will be better against Arizona. It's another game I think will be a lot of points scored. So him and Fitz, No, it's a great play because he's not playing outside. Darius Slayton's going to get the tough draw of, guess what? Patrick Peterson's off of suspension. Yeah. Sorry, buddy. But you get the one slap <laughs> with Pat. And he's coming. This is his first game back, too. Like, you can tell me he's not going to like be a little bit jazzed up about this game. So, yeah, I actually think Golden Tate's a very sneaky not just cash. I think he's a decent tournament play too. Similar to last week. Granted, he's one play away from being shut down against the Patriots. But you know mm-hmm. that's that's the Giants' style is get the guys into the short intermediate game space. But obviously, uh, where are you, Joe? Because on that one specifically, because Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram coming back, I don't trust Daniel Jones to support three people. <laughs> yeah, me either. I, I think that with, I mean, kind of the way ownership is shaking out, I think that Tate makes a lot of like Tate's going to ruin a lot of people's day that are just going to kind of lock in Evan Ingram, um, I think. So I, I, at least potentially. So someone that could see similar types of targets, it is the Cardinals, like we're going to be targeting this game for sure. I think it's a little bit uh, less clear, I guess, with Saquon back in the mix uh, as to how um, where the target share is going to go. Um, but yeah, three, three options. It, we like all of these guys. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting because I think only two of them probably have a good chance to really hit value. All right. So on the other side of that bowl, what are you guys thinking about Larry Fitzgerald and Christian Kirk? And it's funny because on DraftKings, there's a gap on FanDuel. They're the same price. And like for the same price, you guys know how much I love Christian Kirk, but for the same price, I'm taking Fitzgerald. Yeah, I would, I would agree with yeah, that, especially in cash. Ahead. Yeah, I think that's Fitz is the cash, and Kirk, you take that gamble on in tournaments. But, yeah, Fitz has been pretty safe, at least five grabs in every single game. I mean, it's another high total, 49. It's, it's a 90% great game of the time in the slot, attack. he's not going to see Jenkins. Yeah, exactly. It's perfect, right? Um, so, yeah, I have, I have absolutely no problem. Julio, or, um, Fitz is always in the TFS pass in cash. Like it just, it's, it's almost like a copy and paste. I think you hit the nail on the head, man. It's it's fits on on Fanduel, and I think Christian Kirk, like for that significant price discount on DraftKings, makes a ton of sense. Like that five K range is is pretty jam packed. I don't think you'll get uh, crazy ownership on Kirk coming off that injury, um, even though it is a, a great matchup and, and whatnot. But yeah, that's a pretty like they, they don't want to move Fitz's price on Fanduel. It's just like a thing we've been talking like for like three weeks. I feel like <laughs> he has no respect because we. I guess we just don't know the ceiling isn't doesn't seem to be high with him. It's just that solid floor. They're big on doing hopscotch the right way, just like me. You can't do it on a commercial. What the hell is your problem, man? Come on. All right. Uh, real quick, the Seattle Seahawks. Any interest in entire locket? Or is it just not cash because you just never know if it's going to be a three-target game? That's my problem with Lockett and what Baltimore has done recently. They took Boyd out of the game. They had a, a game a couple weeks ago where they took Beckham out of the game. So I, I think that they'll their focus will be on Lockett. So I kind of have some interest in, in DK Metcalf in tournaments, but... You know, now that Will Disley's out, he could be the red zone option. Do you know how many games Lockett has more than five targets? Two, maybe? Week two and three? Yep. Two. 12 and 14. Yeah, and he went off in those games. It's crazy. The crazy thing is, though, he's catching like 90% of his passes. So, Russell Wilson. Like, yeah. (laughs) It's it's super efficient. Lockett's such a tough one to click, though, in single entry, just because, like, for, for his price, right? At, the, the game script goes wrong, you're completely dead. Your lineup's over. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. It's so hard because the team that's just going to run when they're up. Like, I, I've I've missed the Chris Carson train uh, enough this year to, I guess, uh, realize that if they do kind of get ahead, that he's going to be the guy that they're going to feature. So I, I love, I mean, I, I love how Chris mentioned Chris Carson uh, earlier. So I think that that's the Seattle side of the game that I would like. I, I mean, I, I like Metcalf to um in in tournaments for sure especially if you're rolling out russell wilson who i think will be pretty popular in this spot against baltimore people are kind of starting to understand that the baltimore defense is an elite so um yeah i don't know i think lockett's overpriced for me based in in that range i'm doing everything i can to try and get up to cooper cup i think hashtag elite we just threw that name out too so there you go anybody else before we move to tight end uh i mean john brown i guess would you go there in cash i know he's that i would absolutely 100 but if we know he's healthy yeah Keep an eye on him for sure. Same, Joe. Yeah, yeah. I I, I love John Brown. I think that he was uh, one of the guys I'm trying to fit into my my FanDuel team for for this week for sure. I think another guy that we probably missed though, uh, T. Y. Hilton. Um, I mean, depending I on how just his snaps kind that. of pan out, I think that he's a guy. I mean, I mean, he just destroys the Texans, right? Yeah. I know that it is for set now, uh, but I mean, even. I don't know. He's been dealing with that thigh, but he still played 83% of the snaps last week. I mean, he's coming off a week of rest. I, I don't know. I, th- I think that um, his price tag, like sub 6K on DraftKings, I, I think he's a really good play. I think he'll be really popular in cash games, actually. Yeah, I, I, I'm call. so glad. 
that was ex- that's who I was waiting to see if anybody mentioned so that was cheap. the next one I was gonna say. But the same thing too is he just destroys the Texans. I get that's narrative built and it's not exactly the huge sample, but you know, this is kind of the things that we deal with in baseball too, like batter versus pitcher. At what point does it matter enough? Uh anybody else, Chris, or tight end time? Yeah, let's go to tight ends. All right. Well, then you get to go to tight ends first. <laughs> um, all right. Well, Hooper. And it's not because of last week. It's it's because he's he's good. Like, again, he's just he's really good. He just doesn't get the hashtag good. <laughs> right. Great analysis. Last year, everyone was talking about the big three and it was warranted. The big three tight ends. But it was Hooper who was fourth in catches. And now he leads all tight ends and catches right now heading into week seven. He's got 42. He's second in yards and touchdowns and targets. He's just a good tight end. And I just think he continues to get better and better. So he's come a long way since the, the Falcons blew that Super Bowl. You know, that was his coming out party, I thought, in that game. He was he had some big catches. And I just see, like, improvements from him every week. And if Ramsey is going to shut down Julio, then somebody's going to have to catch some balls here because, again, that Falcons defense is pathetic. Yeah, he's a great play. I think that if you did want to pay down slightly from there, Darren Waller is a guy that I'll, I'll just continue to keep bringing up at tight end. I think that if we're just New looking contract. at um, yeah, hey, there you go. Maybe contract he just kind of takes swag. a breath at that point too. Um, <laughs> the Oakland ones are so hard to click for me too, just because you can never really project them for a ton of plays and Green Bay is going to slow things down as well. The team total is not great. They are on the road, but um, the volume's there. I mean, as far as like his target share based on where like, of what they're going to do on offense i think at 4700 that price tag really stood out to me for for waller um i'll I'll tee up the evan ingram thing for you jake i I think that uh, i'm sure he's one of guy that's going to be really popular this week of course gonna be he's number one projected ownership and it's not even close with hunter henry at number two so i mean Mm -hmm. it's just that that's the easy obvious one everybody destroys the cardinals the tight end except for tyler eifert i'm still going to take that to my grave on that one uh the fact is Ingram's easy. That's the easy one. But to your yeah. point, Joe, and what you brought up earlier, we will talk about tournaments here in one second. He's an inju- he's a very interesting pivot off of that because, as you mentioned, you know, if Golden Tate kills him, yeah, I mean, and you have Golden Tate, or you just you go somewhere else in general. I mean, he could be the lineup killer for the tournaments on the flip side of things because he could still have a decent day, you know, four or five catches for 60, 70 yards. But if you don't get the big touchdown or the big day that everybody's expecting, his ownership is going to be through the roof. I, like I said, it's not, he's actually top five ownership period like overall of everything of every position everything included that's how high he is i'm going to go to the one name that you guys didn't mention mark andrews because mark andrews the seahawks for now a full year of 2018 and still through 2019 whatever they do talent wise despite having bobby wagner despite have whatever it is they don't know how to defend the tight end and tight ends do really well against them more often than actually I'd say 80% of the time. Mark Andrews has been a great play most weeks. And I think this is actually a matchup that if you're going away from Ingram and you want to save more so on DraftKings, but if you want to save some money, Andrews is the big play for me. Geez. Eifert's best game of the season came against Seattle. Five catches. Yeah. Uzuma had four. <laughs> so yeah. to prove your point. Uh, I love the Waller Uzuma call is what because we call it him. looks like Tyrell Williams is kind of trending towards doubtful yeah a few more targets for him and jacobs with the with the call earlier a few more catches as we alluded to. i have to tell you i feel better about waller if tyrell williams is out there decoy yeah. wise than if tyrell Williams is completely not out there because your top two wide receivers who, who they're going to roll out zay jones and hunter renfro is a top two like the attention is going to fall down to waller yeah for sure as it should all right, so let's talk. Of course, is there any is there any cheaper guys though? We should probably talk at least one, two cheaper guys for cash for tight end. If, not, if people don't want to, no, I'm not. No, even, you the, don't like any of these the guys. Tight end is so trash already. Like this is the same thing. Like seasonal. Like I don't want to go to the waiver wire. And this is what I'm talking. Like cheaper guys is waiver wire. Like we already brought up Hunter Henry. If you're going cheaper than Hunter Henry, I think you're out of your mind. Yeah, it's it's that's really it's tough. Tournaments. Yeah. Okay. Well, tournaments. Yeah, yeah. yeah but not in cash. I know you're just you're really just throwing darts at what fells. I mean, what do you Wilson. want, Dropinson? Oh, we'll, we'll get there. I, I, I was talking about the game selection before. If if you're not going to be on kind of the uh, chase the Arizona matchup, you're going to be just fading like the entire field. So Henry's yeah. really, I mean, he's pretty cheap on Fanduel, fifty seven hundred dollars compared to you know up at the top sixty eight seventy one for Kittle and Ingram. It's yeah. That's a yeah, this this is that's a big one right there. And I still don't get the disparity of if Andrews to DraftKings to FanDuel, why it's such a big difference there. All right, so let's talk quarterbacks then. Always always remind everybody out there, it's pretty flat. It's but cash, flat, easy. 
uh, not paying up for Russell Wilson. I'm assuming not because you, what you brought up, Joe, before, like you just so can go sideways so quickly, and then all of a sudden you're just out. It can. I mean, I think that he's still like a, a pretty good play for sure. I think he's going to be popular. I think that. I mean, this we've talked about him a couple times now, but but Josh Allen just it seems like a, a spot where if he is healthy against Miami, like that team total, I, I'm a little bit scared of the spread. But trying to get better about not avoiding those, just that Tom Brady effect uh, that I was trying to kind of avoid earlier. I think it's different for a guy that can give you a lot on the ground as well. Um, I mean, just someone. Well, that's here's my one concern. Deep. Okay, Russell Wilson. Do you want to know what Russell Wilson's two worst games were? That's it. Cincinnati and Arizona. That's in I mean, where they were up and they just ran with. Yes, yeah, so that, that's what I'm saying. To your, I'm agreeing with what your point was before. Yeah. And that's the crazy thing to say is like, look at his schedule and say his two games where he didn't hit 20 points were the two easiest matchups he had. It, that's probably part of the reason that I guess historically have never really gotten Russell Wilson right because you play him <laughs> in what you think are the better spots and then he gets like let's he down. obliterates like, the Saints and then he does nothing. Yeah. Like I think, hold on, let me, hold on, hold on. Yeah, okay. He scored more against the Saints than the than the Cardinals and Bengals games combined. <laughs> yeah. He's a hard one to figure out. I I usually don't play him in cash. There was a time where I would when he was running like a madman, but he doesn't do that anymore. Like you can't count on it. He can. He has those thirty yard games. I think he had a fifty one, mm. but it's not consistent. Are, are you segueing into a name I hope you're about to say? Well, I mean, I think we already talked about Allen. I mean what, Lamar? Nope. nope. <laughs> Who else is running uh, done? Who's else is running like a madman if facing the Giants defense that the Giants can't? Oh chase yeah, Kyler. Oh, Kyler, Kyler is uh, week, yeah, Kyler, Kyler for <laughs> sure. Fifty-five rushing yards per game over his last four, two touchdowns over that span. He looked really good last week, and I know part of that was on the Falcons, but he didn't really have a whole lot of guys to throw to. It just seemed like oh, the Giants have DJ. nobody that can catch him. No, yeah, he's yeah. he's playing with a lot of confidence, and and if anybody hasn't gone seen the depth chart, the you want to talk about like injuries for teams? Like the Giants have been hit in one specific area specifically, and what specific area specifically <laughs> at linebacker? And I mean they're they're starting guys that I'm a Giants fan, and I was even like, wait, I thought that guy was a practice squad. Like people, I'm just double checking myself. That's what's at linebacker, Kyler Murray. This could be a hundred yard game for him on the ground. I, I think we have to continue to like hammer this point home though, that like these guys that run, it's so valuable in DFS and in fantasy. Cause like, get, I'll give you guys an example. So last two weeks on my main 1500 team, I played Lamar and I played Kyler. I've gotten zero passing touchdowns for my quarterback in two straight weeks, but I've still gotten a quarterback that got me 25 plus points in both of those weeks. So that's the floor you get. If I, if I do guys back into the Kyler Murray game, like last week, you know, he gets two or three touchdowns. He's the best quarterback on the slate. Like Matt Ryan has to score three touchdowns through the air yeah. to approach that. And maybe that's a bad example because of how much Matt Ryan has been smashing this year, but like a type of quarterback that's not going to run, like even not getting the touchdowns through the air, like it. No, I'll give you the perfect one to bring up. So much higher. I'll give you the perfect one. He's the number two projected ownership. I'll give you one hint and I'll give the hint to Chris because he's going to get the answer right because he'll, he'll know the answer. He's in worst place for me at quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, I knew it would be Jared Goff. See, and Jared Goff's the number two projected ownership, doesn't run, not even throwing touchdowns. Like, oh, my God, I hate this guy so much. And you know what? He might finish. He probably will finish as a QB1 just purely because of matchup. But to your point, and what, to bring this actually to the point, Joe, is that he doesn't run, for your point. Like, he needs to throw three touchdowns to you know equal Lamar Jackson or Kyler Murray rushing day, let alone if they throw two touchdowns. Forget about it. Yeah, I mean, talking about like that sweat show that I do on Sundays on Twitch, like we were just watching basically Lamar hit the the bonus on the ground almost in the first half. Like at, at that point, like, I don't know, you, you like you said, you need like multiple touchdowns, probably three for one of these guys that's not getting you anything yeah. on the ground, even come close to approaching that. All right, so for, one Lamar, more. for Lamar, though, just to, you know, <laughs> put an exclamation mark on the, the point that we're trying to make here. I mean, Lamar has four passing touchdowns in the last four games. That's it. Just one in the last two. And nobody is averaging more fantasy points than him per game. Like it's, it's just a solid safe floor. It's like starting with two free touchdowns. That's basically what you're getting when you put in Lamar. So you, you want four running back slots? There you go. <laughs> one more before we move on to tournaments, Chris, who do I hate almost as much as Jerry Goff? Gardner Minshew. No, stop <laughs> no. it. Um, Come on. Come on. Man, you know, know. 
Yes, you do. Daniel Jones, the number three projected. Well, that's under- what I thought. I was going to say Daniel Jones, but then we've given so much love to Tate and Ingram, and like I was, I, I, I wasn't going to say it. Yeah, no, no, because it's like Jared Goff. You, it's, it's, actually, that's a really good parallel. Is uh, you said that, but it's similar to Jared Goff. Is you, you have concentrated passes. You can still have the weapons put up numbers, with the quarterback still having a disappointing. He'll put up numbers, but still have a disappointing day. But. He does run a little bit. I mean, yeah. it's, I, I, I'm not making a case for Daniel Jones because I will never make Sounds a case like for it. Daniel Jones. But, well, no, I wanted to ask to see if either one of you wanted to make a case for Daniel Jones. Yeah, I'm not going to play him in cash, but I have him written up in the DFS passes as a tournament guy. And both him and Kyler Murray, it's, yeah, why not? I'm going to pair him Make up sure you're getting 10% off with podcast to read that garbage. <laughs> wow hey man a couple little it. dump offs to barkley takes one of the house i'm on my way uh you mentioned the the rushing ability i i don't hate the play right. i think he's he's totally he's totally fine like I, we're always trying to target these games where there's going to be passing on both sides there's going to be a lot of plays like the matchup's great like but the more popular one is clearly going to be kyler murray right so at that, at that point in tournaments for a guy that's almost to that price range like of course in cash games for me i'm i'm going to try and get up to someone like Kyler or someone like Josh Allen, but in tournaments, like a, a pivot that could certainly work out. I mean, he's at home, nice team total. There's really not a lot of bad things to say about Daniel Jones outside of uh, what I'm sure uh, kind of or Jake has in his head. Jake, now is the time to be on your boy, Minshew. Like now is the time. Last week oh, he was absolutely. super popular. No question about it. Didn't do anything. Nobody's on and him this week. Nobody's on him against the Bengals who could not stop Lamar Jackson last week. The linebackers are, are hurting. They're just missing guys in their secondary too, so. You mentioned he was a great tournament option. I know. I know. There's a we're, reason I didn't bring him up. Cash. Mm. Yeah, because we're on cash and we're about to. You down with GPP? Hell yeah, I'm down with some Beowulf and DJ Chark together. <laughs> I'm telling you all day long. You ruined it, Chris, but thank you. I'm glad you brought him up. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Now's the time. Everybody's off of him. What What do I do with Chark? Minshew's awful. He sucks. He's no good. And yeah, he's he has been turning the ball over a little bit because of the fumbles. But it was. Let's give some credit to the Saints' defense. It's unbelievable. I haven't even lost with Drew Brees. It's just their defense has been legit, and the Bengals not so much. <laughs> not it. so much. Uh, DJ Chark are you actually getting some respect pricing still on FanDuel though. Sixty six hundred. Yeah, he's expensive. Yeah, he's 6K on DraftKings, too. Like, that's what I, I was going to say. Like, is Chark your guy or is DD someone in tournaments that we, we could be kind if of. If you're going for tournaments, I would go for the savings. Yeah. Because everybody's going to play yeah, Fournette, right? That's true. I mean, and that's the problem also with this. I mean, it, Fournette, yeah. You... And, and I think that's where, and this, this is another one, not as much as game choice, but roster construction for tournaments. Joe, as you, you brought it up, Chris, we're talking about it right now, is the fact that if everybody's going to be on Fournette, and everybody expects Fournette to smash. And if you want to put him in a stack, that's certainly fine. But the one way to also, similar to when we said you attack the other side, well, you don't really want to attack the other side with the Bengals too much in this game. But you go to the passing game instead of the running game. Like, what if this is Minshew throws for three touchdowns in the first half, and that's where they make their heyday, and then Leonard Fournette still does his thing in the second half. There's, these are the ways you can kind of get a piece of the action but still bring, your away, bring yourself away from the majority. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. Um, one guy that we haven't mentioned, surprisingly, we've talked about, what, 10 quarterbacks now, and no one said the Deshaun Watson uh, side of it. Like, he's not going to be that heavily owned. I, I get it. It's, it's against Indy, Indy and whatnot. But uh, if Will Fuller is just going to keep having these games where he could potentially have five oh, touchdowns yeah, if he holds yeah. on to a few of them, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think that he's a guy that we could go back to. I mean, if everyone's just piling on him after that big game and now just going to jump off, like this would be a, not a bad time to jump back on. I feel like the Will Fuller – Deshaun Watson train in tournaments like the ceilings there I mean he, you can make in kind of a, a pretty strong argument that Watson's been like kind of the the 1a to Mahomes as far as uh like that's concerned I, I think that he's still a guy we could pay up for 7k it's tough with all these other guys at mid 6k range uh on DraftKings at least but yeah I think in tournaments Deshaun, Deshaun Watson's Watson. barely inside the top 10 for projected ownership yeah and, that's uh, what makes it so appealing yeah because of his price absolutely like, I'm, I'm uh, checking where Will Fuller is right now. My favorite person in the world. God, I hate you, Will Fuller. I hate your stupid face. Uh, Will. That's F- got to be the last helmet, Will Fuller. I know, let's watch. Yeah. He'll smash again this week because is everybody off of him? Will Fuller. Let's control yes. F Will Fuller. I'm tr- Oh, no. He's still top 10 because everybody loves Will Fuller. People can't Jeez. get off Will Fuller. Yeah. But Watson over 700 yards and eight touchdowns last two games. Is this feel? Yeah. 
It's it's a fun one because the interesting thing to you know this is kind of like the opposite of what everybody usually tries to ask us when it comes to like Jared Goff and Daniel Jones is DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller both inside the top ten. I just told you Deshaun Watson's got eight quarterbacks in front of him. Like how are you one without the other? Because that has to come from Deshaun Watson. And to your point, Joe, Deshaun Watson's been amazing. All right, so since we're talking quarterbacks, anybody else tournament wise before we move to the running backs and wide receivers? No, that's that's it. Yeah. All right, because you already brought up my Minshew love. All right, go ahead, Chris. Where are we talking about running back? Where are you looking tournament-wise? Um, well, Cook, he's probably going to be pretty popular, but I th- think the time is to get off of Cousins. We had fun for the past couple weeks in, in really good matchups, but now I think it's time with, with no CMC, Zeke on the Sunday night slate. I think it's time to go back to Delvin Cook. Uh, it's you know not, not a crazy take or anything, but... <laughs> You know, it's a pretty good matchup. The Lions allow the third most fantasy points to running back. So I, I get off a of cook. I think people going back to cook and di- or cousins and digs, I mean, would be a mistake. So Dalvin's going to have a day. Is Madison just going to take 14 touches and just I'll be tilting my brain? Well, that game was out of hand. I, I think that game was just out of hand. They were just going Madison. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. That that was the worst thing that ever. They brought him in and to, g- to give him the touchdown for you last week from the one. Other than that, it would have had a I bad saw it, game. so I actually didn't even realize how many times he touched the ball until after the game. The guy touched the ball 14 times. Yeah. Like, are you kidding? Was, yeah. uh, Most of them right. were in the fourth, though. So instead of complaining about Madison, yeah. you want to give us a pick? <laughs> no, I'd rather just complain. Is that good? I mean, that's uh, fine. No, I mean, uh, like, I, I mean, honestly, I could have filled the entire show complaining about Beowulf. I mean, that's it. fine. At least I'm not doing the chant yeah. this week. Um, one guy I'm considering for sure is still Saquon. Just he's got that questionable tag. I don't think – I mean, I've seen – I'm looking at projected ownership. Maybe people will be on it. Um, but, yeah, I think that Saquon's still a guy against Arizona. Like, we're talking about all these guys. Like, we're, we're talking about Daniel Jones. We're talking about uh, Evan Ingram, like the wide receivers and Christian Kirk. Like, maybe it's just Saquon, and, and then that's just uh, call it a day in this game. I, I think the ceiling – obviously, if they bring him back, I don't – the Giants aren't going to bring Saquon back until he's ready, in my opinion, because this season I don't know if they're going to be a team that's going to really challenge for much anyway. So I, I think that Saquon, uh, 8,600, his price hasn't moved on FanDuel. He's still extremely expensive, but um, play him and Dalvin Cook and Lenny and just uh, see what you can jam it from there. <laughs> Does he go by Lenny or are you just calling him that? Like, it's just like you... I think that was Adam Levitan, and I guess for for whatever reason, it gets kind of stuck because uh, on on stream, everyone was just like Lenny three yard rush. Uh, so you say I don't like the, the as Chris knows, I don't like nicknames where people didn't improve the nicknames. <laughs> like that's like uh, you're telling me he didn't prove the nickname Lenny. He, no, is there it was is there ever been a guy that could be called Lenny more than this guy? No, like nobody oh. calls Golden Tate Goldie. Like like seriously, come on, like. Uh... I mean, we could, we could, we yeah. should. <laughs> Here's, you know what, Chris, do you have anybody else? Because there's still legitimately two names that haven't even been said yet that I'm surprised. Well, well DJ, DJ's one. There you go. There's yeah. one. DJ's one for sure on the other side yes, of that. the Giants. That I think he's game. a great yeah. cash pick too. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. Well, you, yeah. you're, I know yeah. you're, this is with the caveat that we get good reports for Friday as well. In yeah, practice. for sure. There's always that risk, I guess the back, but yeah, he's racked. He racked up over 100 yards last week. 16 touches, a couple. And touchdowns. he's supposedly healthier this week. Yeah, I mean he's he's getting a lot of work through the air, a ton. 33 targets, 23 catches, last four games. So absolutely. And if whatever happens to him, same thing. We can just on repeat. If he doesn't practice Friday, doesn't play. I think Chase Edmonds. You just lock him in confidence. Yeah. So is that anybody else? Because there's still one more. Is this the time where you bring up Derrick Henry like you do no, every show? Here? No, I brought him up oh. like twice. I just, I just I'm wanted just to see saying, if I, I, just, I just want to see if I can ever get you to say yes to Derrick Henry. That's really what it is. There will, there will not be a day. <laughs> I, I can guarantee you that. If he was 2K, I might consider it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So I, I think that's most of the guys for me. Um, I guess Kamara too. Like same thing with the with the question mark, the questionable tag. It looks like he's not looking like he's uh, even close to full strength though. So I'm not sure I'd be on that. What, what have you guys been doing with Devonta Freeman? Yes. I kind of just X this huh. guy out mentally. Uh, his price is still pretty solid. He has been using the pass game a decent amount. I, I don't know. I think he could kind of uh, gain some traction as the no, week goes so on. No, so you asked him out mentally because if you watch Devontae Freeman play, you've seen he's toast of what he used to be. Oh, that toast. Uh, yeah. he's, he's like a soggy bun like I had last night on my food review. He's a soggy bun of what he used to be. The only reason he had he to used co- to just strong, the team scores points. No, I don't know. I, yeah, I, I like Freeman. I, I don't no, know. here's who Devontae Freeman no. is. <laughs> Chris, you know this. We've said it. And we've said it on other shows. And I've said it time and again. He's James White now. That's who he is. He's James White. And he's a less explosive James White. The reason he ran well last week is because he faced the Cardinals. But if you watched him run, 
he still didn't look that impressive running the ball. He still looks slow. So he's like a slower, less explosive James White, which is fine because we're playing half and full point PPR. But the reason I was going to say that I have a problem with him, Joe, this week is because he's top 10 projected ownership. Is yep. He? Wow, I guess people are really going to chase that. Well, he's so people chase every single I mean, week. He's His price dropped bar. and he's coming off a huge game. Yeah, he's 5,400 yeah. bucks. I know he's yet to top 88 yards in the ground. He did it last week, but three catches. It's, it's like every single week, three catches. 16 in his last three games, 142 receiving yards. And if they do get in inside the red zone, we saw it last week. His both of his touchdowns, I think, were just the kind of dump offs in the, in the red zone. I don't right. mind it. High total. Game. All right. Well, then I'm bringing up the name because he still hasn't been brought up yet. Because there you go. A, here we go. Nope. Nope. Still no. No. Still 0 for 2. Here we go. The context of what I always say about this guy heading into the season. I set all this up because I'm setting it up as the fact that I've been the biggest detractor on this guy. I was saying, I don't care how explosive he is. I have said he is the most efficient runner on his team. One of the top 10 most efficient runners in all of football, but the team doesn't use him as a bell cow. He's coming off a game where he fumbled and Jamal Williams went off. I am going to Aaron Jones, who is the 24th low, well, highest, lowest, whichever way you want to slant it. That's where his projected ownership is. If you're going to get me in a game where I can get Aaron Jones that low, I am going to go use Aaron Jones because if you told me 15 carries versus 15 carries for Jamal Williams, Aaron Jones numbers are going to be better. So I'm going to Aaron Jones because now he's finally down where there's not that many people on him. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. I like it. I mean, I, I, I'm a, I'm an Aaron Jones truther as well, for sure. He's a guy that always performs really well in rushing expectation just because of right. that, uh, that efficiency you're talking about. So I'm with and, you. And see, the thing is, you can be a truther, but it's still also understand the fact that this team is just frustrating with their use. This is two different regimes that have now used them this way. Yeah, and, and nobody seems to be stepping up in the passing game. I mean, he's got 22 targets in his last three games. Like MVS, Rodgers doesn't even thing. look MVS's way. MVS is now mispracticed too yesterday yeah. being Wednesday, so everybody pay attention to that. So Allison likely completely out. Adam sounds like he's out for another week. If MVS is even out there, I mean, we're talking about MVS and Kumaro and I mean, who else? Like Lazard is your top. Yeah, well, Lazard one Joe of the Joe. most picked up guys in season long formats. He's only three K. I suppose we should just bring him up just in case that is the scenario. Well, that's where we're going for wide receiver. So go to it, Chris. Yeah, I mean that's basically it. <laughs> MVS. <just, laughs> that was the end of my statement. <laughs> I just Rogers has he's not looked MVS's way. I know this as a season long owner of MVS and <laughs> the frustrations that I have. It just he won't look his way. All of a sudden Lazard comes out on the field and he's just chucking balls to him. He had five targets and I think maybe two drives. The one in the end zone. And he made a couple he, nice plays too. Here's the problem with MVS. Big boy. And he's not looking his way is because he doesn't separate well. Yeah, truth. I know. He just runs go routes. I get it. I totally understand. It. And even I, his go routes is not yeah. like he's not really get. He's not, he's not stacking well. He's not yeah. getting. It's just that first step. It's just MVS. Is like, this is why you know this is one of those names where you're coming out of college and opportunity. We always chase opportunity fantasy. That's 100 percent true. But opportunity is not a guarantee. And MVS is a perfect example of why it's not always a guarantee. Yeah, absolutely. He's a drop. I wouldn't even hold him. He's a long ways down. I think one guy we we probably didn't touch on enough as being one of the better plays on the slate, uh, Mike Williams. I mean, he's still he's almost doubled Keenan Allen in terms of his like air yards as far as like the team share this year. So I mean, I don't know. I think Allen's still probably a decent play. I think the Chargers might uh, be in kind of a more of a bounce back kind of spot through the air, regardless. But Williams Price, like he's so much cheaper. I mean, if we're just looking at his usage, he's one of the ones that stands out right away as kind of a misprice if you're just looking at um, something like weighted opportunity rating, which you guys know I value uh, pretty heavily. So at 4,600, um, I think he's probably the the clear mid-priced guy. Um, and if he doesn't end up being popular, I think he's obviously totally fine in GBPs as well. Yeah, he's seven spots higher than Keenan Allen is in projected ownership. I think a lot of smart people are on the mm-hmm. same page as you are with that one. Hey, you didn't bring up your boy yet. Come on. Who's my boy? Will Fuller? John Brown? There, no. I, oh, you said Brown. Hollywood there you Brown. go. Those the other Brown. Guys there you go. Hollywood. Only three guys I play. Yeah. I mean, Hollywood at some point, I mean, <laughs> at some point. it seems like the play. It, it, I mean, it seems like the play that I'm just going to continue to chase. And as soon as I jump off, he'll probably have his explosion. Uh, I don't know. The ankle that worries me a little bit with wide receivers, especially someone like him that, um, I mean, he's going to, he's going to rely on his athleticism a lot more than, than I think even a lot of other wide receivers in the league. But yeah, I mean, I love Baltimore every week for, for that. I mean, I played Mark Andrews because Hollywood was out. Last week, I mean, so I think that we'll talk about Mark Andrew, or I think our Chris already touched on him. But, yeah, Hollywood's always in play, man. Him and Will Fuller, like, in tournaments, just make sure you have at least some exposure to that every week. Don't be like me. 
Chris. Anybody else for you? Can I get an ownership projection on Corey Davis or Adam Humphreys? Uh, I, so, I forgot it. I'm so glad you did. I saw your tweet, and I was going to bring it up, but I forgot to this point. It stuck like, to my <laughs> stomach even thinking about it. But, He's I mean, like, the fact I, that I, Corey Davis. Say, talk me off Corey Davis or something I need like to, that? Yeah, I, need to be, I just need to be talked off of him. Because no, no, no. So, I'm actually a lot more on Humphreys in this game. I think most people will be because of what Tannehill like. No, so to your question, they're both they're tied for 111th overall at wide receiver. They're down by Sterling Shepard, who's out. Anthony Miller, Marquez Val, or sorry, Marquez Valdez Scanlon, and Danny. Oh no, they're one spot ahead. Danny Amendola. That's where they're they're down by the injured and non-relevant people. Interesting. Um, So I just I just pushed you to great. I mean, Marcus Mary. Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect them to be highly owned. Let's be honest. I mean, Tennessee. Chris, will you put one lineup together with Tannehill, Corey Davis, Delaney Walker, and Adam Humphreys? Just do it. Do the Titan stack. Yeah, that's going to be my favorite stack here in a couple minutes. Uh, And then go out in the backyard and light money on fire. Although, does Canadian money burn? Because I know you can't rip it. Yeah, you can't rip it, but you can definitely burn it. Okay. Uh, And I've burned some in the (laughs) past on Corey Davis. There's no question about that. But you know, listen, Marcus Mariota never threw his way ever. Corey Davis is good. I, I'm a believer that he is good. And he came in, what, late in the third quarter last week. He gave him four targets right off the get-go. Everybody is, not, I'm not saying everybody, but if they're going to choose one of the two, it probably will be Humphreys because of the track record of Tannehill just throwing at the slot all the time. But you just look at the Titans. There's some pretty big games here. Odell Beckham Jr. hasn't had much, but 7-71. and 71. T.Y. Hilton, 43 and a touchdown. Uh, we had Mohamed Sanu. I know he played some slot 91, but there's been some, some or not Tennessee, rather, sorry, against the Chargers. Rather, there's been some big games against their defense. Look at last week and the week before that was Sutton. I'm not completely sold on this Chargers team. <laughs> I don't think that they're checked out, but hey, maybe Tannehill might do what Mariota couldn't do. Chris, you know what I like a lot about that play too? I think that one thing that makes a ton of sense is a lot of people are going to go to Mike Williams at 4,600, right? We're talking about the afternoon game. So like where you could potentially make a pivot. If you pivoted off of Mike Williams for a team that was struggling to a team or to Corey Davis at 4K, like that, that's something where you get a ton of leverage on the field for someone who's, I mean, his projected ceiling really, no matter what you're looking at, really isn't that much different, Corey Davis versus Mike Williams. So I think that that's like a decent pivot to talk about in the later games. Almost always, like if there's a tiebreaker, just play the wide receiver or whoever it is in the later game if, if it's if that much uh, closer, because uh, then you can always pivot to the lower. Yeah, listen, I had some of those numbers wrong, but it, you know, I'm looking at it now. So it's Sutton 92 in a score, Galladay 117 in a score, T.Y. had 87 in two scores, and Devontae Parker had 70 in a touchdown. So there's something about you know wide receivers at least finding the end zone against this Chargers secondary. I know it's the Titans, and the, the team implied total is low and it's Tannehill but I think if he wants to keep the job he's going to throw football to his best so my question is when you throw out all those numbers is is Casey Hayward just not on them during the game what's going on there I don't know well because I even just double checked while you said that just to make sure because you know you have some players out there that you know we think by name uh you know a good example would be Marcus Marshawn Lattimore who the first first three games PFF had as a favorable matchup because he was playing so poorly Mm -hmm. I just checked and Hayward still got a minus 20 percent he's still one of the top rated toughest matchups according to pff so again i i think that's something to dig into is two things one is that's a really good stat chris to hear those names because those are all outside guys but the part of it might be is like i guess casey hayward just switches a lot and not necessarily always off the best option i don't know i don't get that uh, yeah i mean i have, he doesn't play one no side of the field for it either yeah i yeah I mean, I don't have an explanation for it. I <laughs> just know that so I'm gonna have to just some other guys that are, yeah, that are certainly scoring some touchdowns. I mean, Kenny Stills had a big one too, four for 89 against against them as well. So some guys have showed so up. So before we move to tight ends, any of you guys want to take a chance on Goodwin or Pettis because of the matchup? I don't think you can go to San Francisco through the air in DFS. I just, I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, you'll get them super low owned, but what's the ceiling for a team that wants to run? I don't know. Um, and changes their yeah, changes their wide receiver by game. <laughs> yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, Pettis is trending up. You'll go broke chasing that kind of. You'll go broke chasing that kind of stuff even more than you'll go broke chasing Hollywood and and Fuller around all season. But I'd, I'd prefer to chase those other guys. Or Corey I'm just, yeah. The uh, yeah, Dante Cortez. Dante Pettis is the highest projected owner of all of them, but he's way down by Keyshawn Johnson. So <laughs> just a you know. I think you made a good point earlier though about how like these wide receiver cornerback. Like it's there's guys are moving around too. I think that's still one of the biggest problems with that analysis. So I, I have one other guy I'll throw in here before we move on. Allen Robinson, 5,500. I know he's going to see Lattimore. 
Um, he's still a guy that can beat this matchup. He's so cheap. And like, he's, he's top three on the slate and weighted opportunity rating over the last well, four let games. Let me ask you this right question with Michael Thomas, Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller. Like I, I, I still, there's think a follow-up for you, Joe. All right. Let's Do hear you it. feel better if Trubisky's at quarterback or if it's still Chase Daniel? That, Cause that's the follow-up question. I, uh, I mean, Trubisky, I, I'm actually kind of a, a Trubisky guy for fantasy just because he does run a little bit. Um, so yeah, Probably. I would prefer Trubisky to play. Okay. I mean, I, I don't like watching him throw. I, if I play an Allen Robinson's like, play, I'm not going to watch the game. That's for sure. Uh, but it's like, remember when we played Bortles a couple of years ago and yeah. you just know that you can't watch, you can't watch the game if you're going to play Bortles, but you know, he's going to get there. Oh, I actually watched it just before the entertainment factor. I definitely watched those games. Yeah. Oh, Bortles used to just it, it, whip the ball at Allen Robinson. He'd be like four feet away from him and just smoke him in the head or in the chest. That's the only reason I thought about it. Cause we were talking about Allen Robinson, but just like watching yeah. the play is like so tilting. Oh, you know who else is like that? And runs a little bit. Daniel Jones. All right, let's talk tight ends. <laughs> Anybody we didn't met? Hey, actually, you know, Chris, this is Joe's segment. He wanted to talk some of these low-priced guys. Here you yeah, go, tournament-wise. Right. Yeah, let's hear it. Who are you feeling? Let's hear, let's hear it. Dawson Knox? I don't know. I think there, there's there's a couple guys that you could at least make a kind of slight argument for in tournaments. I, I'm not going to go with uh, the Noah Fance, just like super cheap play that probably everyone hates well, me for you brought him like 17 times. Um, is it, let me guess. Dawson Knox and Darren Fells, are those your two? No, I'm not going there. Okay. Uh, I, I think that Hokinson is reasonable. I think that Jared Cook is reasonable just based on the amount of routes Jared that Cook's they're running. The um, the yeah, Hokinson uh, in particular, I just think that people kind of forget about this guy a little bit. 3,600, it's, I mean, Minnesota, you can say what you want about their defense, but they're they're definitely a tight end funnel. Um, so uh, we saw what Waller did against them. I mean, they, um, I mean, they're allowing 10.7 targets per game to opposing tight ends this year. So at 3,600, um, a team that's going to throw. I mean, Stafford's looked pretty good this year too. I think that that's probably something we haven't talked about at yeah. all. He's someone that's throwing deep as well. But I, I think Hokinson at thirty six for everybody tuning wide. in for the first time. Joe Holka Holkinson is on purpose. It just people know, like he's not mispronouncing his name. <laughs> I said Hokinson. Come yeah. on, Chris. That was a one time thing where I said Hokinson, and then the next week he. I think that's when he got hurt. Right. Yeah. So I, I was probably my fault. Yeah. Uh, Chris, not, anybody? not for me, honestly, like, uh, you're looking cheap. I mean, uh, like I know Joe said no, but I'm legitimately on Darren Fells for three of the last four yeah. games. And he's been a huge part of this offense with no Kenny stills and the Colts are while good against top receivers because the Sears been playing great. They're very vulnerable against tight ends so far. Yeah, in that price, in thirty one hundred. I, I mean, Luke Wilson could be a dart throw. We know. I mean, that. Foster Moreau scored against them. Yeah, good point. For sure. I mean, you can go down to that price. I mean, Everett is still kind of interesting at thirty-seven. I just don't he think would, that the, the Rams are going to have success running a football. So thin. Yeah, if Jared Goff didn't bad. suck at throwing the ball and then overthrow Gerald Everett wide open, everybody would be all over Gerald Everett again. Yeah. So no, no nobody's going to be on him this week after that donut, and everybody was on him. I just don't. Again, I just don't think the Rams are going to be able to run the football, even with Gurley. You know who Hull. has a higher projected ownership than Everett and Hulkinson? <laughs> do you know do you want to guess at the tight end position yeah uh, somebody just got hurt for his team oh, it's Luke wilson, wilson with two l's yeah which is like the new tight end for the seahawks are people gonna go yeah. there apparently well, I, no. I did just bring him up then when you when you mentioned Fells. yeah and, um i wouldn't personally but i would imagine people will yeah because the tight end, the way that Russell Wilson <laughs> is thrown. I know. I'm going to go to Joe on this one because he said I'm not going there. So cool. you'll appreciate it. Oh, okay. I was going to say you probably appreciate what I said in the tweet to somebody who asked that about DFS seasonal. I'm okay with it because seasonal, you're you're just picking you're just scraps desperate. right now. Yeah. But in DFS, yeah, totally I said different. I said you're going to take the third L if you put them in your lineup. Yeah. So, there's no there point. You go. Yeah, there's my tweet. What do you really yeah. hope? You're just hoping for one like you one appreciate of the my two catches. Be a touchdown. I, rattled it's so thin down there like if hunter henry's at 4k like at that point you find the salary i think just to play hunter henry i mean darren fells if you really wanted to go i'm with you i'm definitely playing darren fells over luke wilson i'll tell you that okay all right so before we hit our stacks dfs lineups wise defenses cash and tournament i mean because they, we kind of tie them both together every single week so that's why i saved them till now Niners for me, if you can get up to the Bills, great. That's pretty obvious. I mean, you saw what Tom Brady did in Buffalo earlier this year. Absolutely nothing. So I don't expect Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Dolphins to be able to move the football that well. So them and then the Niners have just been – they've been so consistent every single week. Double-digit fantasy points, it seems like, and a, a league best in terms of just passing yards allowed. They haven't given up anything. 
I think another one that would be decent, I, I think I've been targeting Minnesota maybe more than people just because I, th- I think their offensive line is horrendous and uh, I'm, I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fa- fan, um, but Detroit 2300, like the Lions, I mean, they had three turnovers on Monday night. Uh, I mean, just be, they had that that bad call, which we won't get into, uh, but I mean, multiple turnovers, I guess, that in each of their past plural. four games. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. So um, I don't know. Cousins is one of those guys. He can either be like pretty solid, which we've seen the last couple of weeks, or he can completely implode. So at 2300, I think Detroit's interesting. That's funny because as a tournament on the other side, I feel like the the Vikings are a fun one. Well, yeah, because yeah, Stafford yeah. could always just go crazy sidearming in a three-quarter slot, throwing it from 17 different angles and go for one of his just lunatic type of games. Uh, the one that you guys didn't mention I feel a little bit better about in cash than tournament, but I'm not going to stay completely away from the tournament wise. We brought it up earlier. The offensive line for the Chargers has been God awful. Like, I mean, we're talking awful, 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 where you don't even get a second before Philip Rivers has somebody in his face. And it's leaning to turnovers. It's leaning to this offense falling apart. Uh, I still like your Mike Williams point, Joe, but if you're looking for a turn, like the Titans defense has been near 10 points most weeks and hit double digits twice. I think they're a fun defense this week. I would, yeah, I think they're yeah. interesting. It's it's defense, right? Like, yeah. I guess should we touch on the thing uh, from last week about how these these defenses are just like sub two k at that point? Like, I think in certain spots, like they were just piled on in cash. Like, it's talking about the Jets and whatnot. Just maybe it's not a week where it makes sense to pay all the way down for someone. The Dolphins over like the Miami Bills, fifteen hundred. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen. Yeah, I don't it, know. It, I, I think that those those defenses you can always you can always like at least. Uh, think about i will say for uh, tournament wise i I, i'll get your opinion here real quick chris too obviously is i'm not doing the dolphins but i have debated the raiders against the packers Hmm. yeah i mean no Devontae adams no geronimo allison we talked about valdez scantling you're telling me the top two options and i just talked about the fact that i like aaron jones earlier but you're telling me all those where it's like Aaron Rodgers has been playing great for what he's been given so far, but we've also seen bad Aaron Rodgers, and it happens occasionally. This is a pure tournament, and it'd be one of my 10 lineups. It'd be like 10% at most, maybe even like more like 5%. But I just, for what Joe brought up, I'm answering the question. I'm saying if you're going to go that deep, I think the Raiders are the intriguing one in my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting. It's the same kind of thing we talked about with just spending down on Malcolm Brown and what we were able to do with our lineups. I had some Jets last week in tournaments. I didn't feel good about it, and they didn't do a whole lot. But to spend one five, I think they were one five, and you're seeing what the about Dolphins the Colts at two. If uh, you get one I, I actually don't mind throwing point. the Dolphins maybe in just one because of what Joe said with all the turnovers. Like Rodgers, I get your point as well. He just doesn't turn the ball over that much unless it's on his wideout. And I don't even remember who he hit Shepard in the head. And then there's a turnover. <laughs> Shepard cut. He's not throwing to him anymore. But um, the Dolphins could maybe potentially create some turnovers. Just looking at their game log, like 1.022, negative three. Like that's the risk. It's negative points. <laughs> the negative point. You might as well have just left the spot empty. I mean, for all. I mean, you, I mean to be honest. I look, you know, one, three, one, two. Yeah. When you talk about interceptions for Josh Allen, including five fumbles. Yeah, he's season. turned the ball over quite often, and he's gonna yeah. be very popular too. All right, so let's wrap these things up with our stacks and lineups. Let's do some stacks. Stack attack. Chris, you're talking, so you get to go first. I really like the Rams this week. I think everyone just saw what they did last week, and, and they were just so brutal. It's just what I've seen from the Falcons. They just can't tackle anybody. Their defense is just not good at all. So I'm going to – like, it does make sense. Cup a lot. I do like him. But I'm just going to try to go off the board a little bit and go with Cook. So Goff to Cooks, but I definitely don't have any problem with Woods or Cup. I think a lot of people will have some success in this game. Joe? Yeah. So I guess pending health, uh, I guess we might as well get our Josh Allen to John Brown out of the way. I mean, the price is, is pretty solid on both sides, and it is Miami. Um, you're obviously um, taking a little bit of a risk that it's just the game isn't close. But at that point, John Brown could have gone deep for, for two long touchdowns um, already. So John Brown's someone that, I mean, we haven't been able to play him because of the injury and, and whatnot. And Josh Allen has been hurt as well. We just I, I don't want to forget about these guys because we know the upside their connection has been there so far. All right. So no Baltimore for you? There you go. Every week. Uh, My stack. Cardinals, baby. Kyler Murray, David Johnson, Larry, Mm -hmm. the Cardinals defense against Daniel Jones. So I will straight, not even going to waste time. Let's just go right into it with our lineups. 
DFS Battle Royale. Kyler Murray starting things off. Leonard Fournette, Josh Jacobs, Baby Shark, do 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 do. Larry Fitzgerald, do 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 do. T. Y. Hilton, do 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 do. Mark Andrews, David Johnson, and the Cardinals defense. <laughs> Jeez, uh, I gotta, I gotta make some changes. You can't follow that up. Is that your problem? <laughs> I gotta make some changes. So I mean, Joe can go next. I no, just go next. Go. Well, wait, um, how many people do you have that really overlapped? Here, look. Forget it. I'll take out. I'll take out DJ Chark. I'll put in Brandon Cooks. There you go. Does that make you feel better? No, I've already made a couple changes. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Joe. Go, Joe. All right. um, Go, Joe. I want to leverage a little bit about what what you're doing then. So I'm going to go Shocker, Leonard Fournette, Dalvin Cook, Saquon Barkley. Give me all the running back touches because Fanduel you can build whatever you want, anyways. Um, I am going to play the Giants defense with Saquon, though, uh, if, if everyone's just on this uh, this game in general on the Arizona side. I think leveraging that with the defense and tournaments makes sense for sure. Um, Josh Allen to John Brown um, and then uh, Darren Waller at tight end. If everyone's just going to play uh, Ingram, I'll, I'll just play Saquon and then uh, jam in Darren Waller um, at a decent price on FanDuel as well. Um, and then mention Mike Williams, um, going to put him in there. And then uh, D.D. Westbrook, someone that fit who I think could uh, – uh, kind of go under own based on his usage. 5,400 on FanDuel seems like a solid price point for DD as well. Nice. Um, okay, so I had a lot of Arizona, but um, I will go golf in this lineup with Leonard Fournette and DJ. I'll keep him in there. Uh, Brandon Cooks, John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, I'll keep in there as well. Evan Ingram. And I am feeling Devonta Freeman. Let's go, oh, Joe. Let's get God. some Freeman Let's stuff go. here. I hate this lineup. Um, yeah. <laughs> Good. Uh, sometimes when you feel sick about your lineup, it's actually all right. Um, and then rolling with the Bills D. But, you know, it don't have to go that way. I mean, you can upgrade if you want. Um, <laughs> rolling with elsewhere. the Bills. All right. Yeah. Hey. Hopefully, somebody out there, I want rolling with Beowulf. Please do it for me. I didn't chant for you guys. It's hopefully you're happy, but I did a terrible DJ Chark song. Although it worked out really well with that Mark Andrews tying right in there. I, I like what I do. Screw you guys. Whatever. Follow Joe Hoka. We like what he does at Joe Hoka. We like what Chris Meany does at Chris Meany. We like the DFS pass 10% off with podcast. Check it out. Chris has stuff in there. I do as well at All In Kid. Hopefully you get some winnings again this week and listen to us last week and continue to keep rolling and get your bank rolling. We can all hang out on persons and make an extravagant trip out of it and everything like that. But in any case, we'll be back next week for week eight, halfway point of the season already. Good luck, everybody. We love you. Thank you for clan. Bye. Listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.